0: You know, it's funny that vulnerability is a powerful thing. Uh, It seems like a paradox because the world tells us that to hide your fears, mask your weakness, cover what you don't know, will bring gain and power and worth. But the reality is that the most influential people are those willing to humble themselves and express their struggles um, because it speaks to our common experience. The interview you're about to hear is with someone who is willing to admit their brokenness and express a deep-rooted hope that brings lasting change. Uh, Two things that we would request. If you like what you hear, please share. Uh, We do know that tons of people are going uh, through similar circumstances um, and have that uh, common experience with the interviewee. Um, Also, consider supporting Fish Food so that we can continue providing consistent content. Go to www.fishfood.me or M-E and click support and it will carry you to a link where you can become a patron thank you and enjoy the podcast hello folks this is your host Corey Pelton and this is Fish Food providing morsels of hope to a hungry world
1: My family history, I have a family history of depression mm-hmm. and uh, had a father who committed suicide, a sister who mm-hmm. committed suicide. And, uh, and there was a certain amount of spiritual pride when I began to deal with some of this depression because of what was going on and physically I had gotten very uh, worn out. And uh, Diane and our doctor was, were trying to get me to go and get something done about it, and I just believed that it was a spiritual failure.
0: On this episode of Fish Food, we're visiting with Randall and Diane Yelverton of Florence, Alabama. All right, so we're um, out on this beautiful porch on uh, the Tennessee River, right? Right. Right. The border of Alabama and Tennessee in Florence, Alabama, and I'm with... Uh, the Yilvertons, um, uh, Randall and Diane Yilverton. And um, you all have, how long have y'all been together now?
1: Well, it would be 49 40, years. Almost 49 years. In July,
0: so, in July, yeah. July the 25th. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, are, are you from Alabama, both of you? I'm from
1: Mississippi.
2: Yeah, I was born in Tuscumbia. Okay, so I'm not far then, down the road. Yeah, but then we moved when I was three to New Jersey.
1: That's a big
0: jump.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But my father was a pastor, so right. he took a call in New Jersey. Okay.
0: So. Okay. Well, Nate, and you um, uh, are still ministering, but you were in a, the a official capacity of a pastor for for how long?
1: Forty two years.
0: Now, how many different places did you past? Three. And where, where were they? Uh,
1: my first pastor was in Brandon, Mississippi, uh, right. in the old PCUS mm-hmm. before. That was in 1969 when I was ordained. And I was there for a, almost a year and then moved to Little Rock, Arkansas and was in the ARP church for seven years there. Yeah. And then the PCA had started. Uh, and so we moved down to Ozark, Alabama in 1977 and that anyway. was there for until the end of my pastorate we were there for uh, 34 years. Four years
0: 34 years in in one church right in the center of la <laughs> right right, right. And for, the, for any northern <laughs> listeners that <laughs> might be out there that is uh lower alabama not los angeles um so i mean kind of in the center where, where is ozark
1: ozark is uh is south of Montgomery about uh, 70 miles and then north of uh, Panama City, Florida about, uh, 90. about 90 miles. It's, uh, okay. its claim to fame is that uh, the Fort Rucker, Alabama where they train all the helicopter pilots for the Army and Air Force is right next to Ozark.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, so did you have, uh, when you passed her there, did you have a lot of military? We people? did have
1: a number of military people. That was one of the interesting things of Ozark, because of the military base being there was, even though it was about 14,000 in a small southern town, it had a little more uh, uh, difference because of the, there being military people coming in and out. Some would be based there for a while and some would come to the church and then some would come just for a helicopter training or warrant officer training, which right. was which was about 18 months. And so we got to meet a number of folks from different places. Some still are, still are friends Wonderful. who, uh, usually if uh, people were not very actively engaged in their going to church, they would go to the chapel. But if they were actively engaged, especially, uh, PCA, uh, connected to PCA, they would come either to Enterprise, which was on the other, Enterprise Alabama, which was on the other side of Fort Rucker, or to Ozark and worship with us, which was always a, a real blessing.
0: Wow, that's excellent. So now when I picture a small southern town... Um, older church building was it was it the the
1: building was built in uh, the one we worshipped in was built in 1967 it was a Mm -hmm. newer building uh, beautiful uh, uh, a-frame brick and uh, uh, wood big open ceiling inside with the with the with the a-frame wonderful acoustics never used a Never used a mic in the really? church because the acoustics <laughs> were just fabulous. That's because wonderful. they, they didn't they didn't plan it that way. <laughs> it just happened because I think of the wood and the brick all work right. together. People would come to uh, uh, play. We had some concerts there because the acoustics were good. Uh, concerts from town mm-hmm. or people would uh, like to just come in and play music. In the church because it sounded so good inside.
0: How neat was it? Was it central to the town? I mean, for It was. It was are... right
1: down. It was right downtown. Yeah. yeah. A block
2: from the courthouse. Block house. from the
1: courthouse.
0: Wow, wow. And did, did you have you, a manse with a with a church? We did.
1: Or... We did. At first, we had a manse, uh, and then uh, uh, we kept talking with them, and they finally gave us a housing allowance, and so we bought our own house finally. Finally,
2: I know right? that was always,
0: I, with your decorating, I'm sure you were biting. It a bit. Well, I right.
2: told Randall before one deacon's meeting, because we our house was thirteen hundred square feet and we've been in it for ten years. And our boys were big. And I said, You have got to tell them that we either have a housing allowance, we would ask for that, or they would enclose the carport, because I just can't take it anymore. Right. <laughs> So they were gracious to give us a housing allowance then.
1: Yeah, 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 that was right during the time when churches were more beginning to move away from the mass. They realized that ministers weren't building up any equity, in as far as a home was concerned, and, right. And so they were beginning to think more. And it took some of our older elders a little bit longer to well, that's move away from.
2: Probably the only ultimatum I ever gave. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean,
2: regarding the church, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, there are other things. Yes, right. We won't mention. Oh, that's
0: wonderful. What, uh, what What are some of your fondest memories? I mean, you know, thirty four years. I'm sure there are lots and lots of memories. Do you Do you have some that just really stick out uh, during those thirty four years?
2: I think the. Um, a lot of the relationships that we had with the Fort Rucker people Hmm. because they've stayed in our lives seeking us out still that is you know that's just that becomes more fond wow as I mean we had one young man who was in two weeks ago was in a in Huntsville, doing a job, and he called and said, Could he come over? He had one night and he wanted to come visit with us. And you know, it's just like having a whole lot of children right. who've grown up and they come back home to see you, and that's wonderful. That's right. We, uh, you know, we just had our boy, our children grew up there, so you know, that's what you think about your memories with your children. And a small town is a good place to have children grow up, yeah, because yeah. we were very community-involved. After involved. You know,
1: being there that long, you do become, finally, you know, uh, there were two things, like in a small town, uh, it takes a long time to become part of the community, so at first you're not really part of things, but if you stay there as long as we do, finally they begin to accept you as part of the community and you begin to get involved. In, and the different things uh, working with coaching for the kids or Diane was a school teacher so being involved in schools or uh, service clubs like a rotary club I was in the rotary, rotary club for a number of years nice. and so you began to be, to to be part of the community mm-hmm. not just the Presbyterian pastor who's moved there and might be there for a few years but if you're there that long one of the things that that uh, thinking about uh, being in a church that long and being in a covenant community is—I was able to baptize children of children I had baptized. Wow! So yeah. that was how sweet. That was really, really a real blessing to see that take place and yeah. to believe that you were able to have worked in their lives as children, see them grow up, and then and then get married and have their children be part of the congregation. So that was always a real, that was a real blessing.
2: Right. And we say all the time, we've had a good life.
1: We have. We say it's it because one
2: of our uh, nephews one time uh, said to his sister who was a teenager and complaining and he was just little bitsy, um, Mary Elmer, you've had a good life. <laughs> so in our family, when you say you've had a good life, it sort of carries a little humor with it. But we really have. It's like, oh, yeah, it was all... We have so many uh, sweet memories of that time in our life with our young family.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: One that's thing sort of that's things. that I've thought about that's yeah. really... Uh, in, important I think is again when you're there that long when I talked to Scott for instance our pastor here at Florence and uh, when he's preaching we've talked about it and you would know this uh, you feel like uh, I'm gonna say this but there's so much other I need to say and I don't really know where these people are I don't know what they know uh, where how much background they've got how much uh, teaching they've had well if you've been there that long and you know people for a long time, then it makes your preaching, I think, I was always, I, most of the time I was doing expository preaching, but you know, well, I've, I've taught them this, or I've said this, or I've, we've preached about this, so you know they've at least heard this. Uh, they've hopefully, this has been something that th- their mind has been furnished with so that then you know when you go to something else you you've got a background of where uh, they've been taught and some of the things you hope and they've un- they've understood right. so that's that really helpful especially through the years as as that begins to build up so that's a real blessing i think for a long ministry is that you really get to know the people and their families and where they are in their lives and and what they've been taught or what they haven't been taught. So that was a real blessing too. Did As you always
0: we, have a long view um, of, of the pastorate there? No, <laughs>
1: no you, you mean staying that long? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. We, we did not. We, uh, of course, uh, one of the things about if you're there that long, there, there are times you think, well, I, I need to leave or I want to leave. <laughs> and so right. there were some times that we, Uh, searched out other opportunities but things never in the Lord's providence of course never worked out that we, what would usually happen is that when we wanted to leave the opportunities were there and then we had opportunities arose and then we felt like we couldn't leave leave. because things were going on at that particular time that we we thought this is not a good time for us to leave so that was the way the Lord seemed to work. Well and
2: Randall Oftentimes, you know, when there we were, we would just even talk about some departure, seeking out something else, there would be some struggle some some family in the church was having, or someone was in a long term dying illness, and Randall would say, I just can't leave now. I can't, I can't leave you know whoever it was at that point needs me i can't leave and i think you know that's the lord giving you a pastor's heart
0: right right absolutely you
2: have that urgency about these are my people and i don't care if i'm angry about something or tried about something you just can't Leave right now. If you right. really think about doing it, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I remember so.
0: standing in my driveway. I would seriously consider <laughs> taking another call. I would had an interview, um, and the next step was to go and, and visit with a committee. And I was standing in my driveway talking to one of my elders in the church, and I just remember, I don't know what the conversation was. I don't know what it was about, but I just remember going, I can't leave. Yeah. It's not time, yeah. and I didn't yeah. want to then. You know, yeah. it, it no, could, right. you know, my heart was changed back to, to the congregation that I was called, uh, already called. So it was—it's it's very
2: affirming. It is. Though, very, isn't it's it? A very affirming. Very. Maybe dig back in again, and uh-huh. it's very
0: affirming. Yeah, that's neat. That's neat. Um, so in 30, 40 years, I'm sure there were a lot of difficult things too.
1: There were, uh, as as we just said, there were times when I was ready to just let it go and really search for some other place and uh, it was as anyone who pastors you you had those who were very affirming and, and then you would have those who were who were not so affirming and the ones that were that you thought they are listening to what's being said they're growing in the faith they are really uh see I'm, my, I'm being used by the lord to work in their lives the interest was there they would be at the bible studies or uh, they were very faithful when when i was preaching uh that those are the ones that that kept you going when right. when there were those who were critical who were who were giving you difficulties uh so the Lord was always giving me. I suppose I shouldn't say I suppose. I know He was working in those situations to to have those there again. As Diane was saying, that you felt like I'm ministering to these people. These people are are being shepherded in the way that uh, in in what I'm doing, what I'm preaching, what I'm teaching in the fellowship with us, and so that 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 kept us uh, going. But. Uh, then on, on other occasions we had those who'd been uh, at one point very faithful, who would, uh, who um, two or three times this happened, who then turn. turned away, uh, right. right. uh, got very upset was, with what was uh, being taught or some of the decisions that we had made about what we were gonna do as, uh, as being part of the church. And they left and so that was, but that, was very first. Di- that was very difficult so how
0: did you because they're still in the town right right yeah so how did you how, how did you wade through those waters?
1: well uh, it uh, that was talking about hard times uh, one one of the one of the times when that happened was uh, when, I became very depressed and uh, and actually was not able how many months was it that I was out of the ministry because I didn't preach for uh, probably about three months
2: about,
1: about three months mm-hmm. uh, because of some very they they have been very dear friends and and had decided that uh that my uh, teaching wasn't Radical. Uh, was. wasn't reformed enough, or wasn't what they were expecting to take place. Uh, I'll say this carefully. One of the difficulties was, uh, Diane was a public school teacher, mm-hmm. and some of these uh, some of the people began to believe that uh, anything but uh, Christian school, or or private, uh, or homeschooling, was Really, not biblical, right? And so, and so, they began to be very upset that Diane was pe- teaching in a in a public school situation. Of course, those that might listen to this, if you're in a southern situation, especially back when we were, when we were there, uh, the the public schools were most of the teachers were at least professing Christians, uh, and some of them were really. Uh, very good Christian people our that church we knew. was full of and them. our church yeah. in fact one of our elders was superintendent of education. Uh, so and our my view is I think the scripture teaches that uh, that uh, the education of your children is the family responsibility it doesn't belong to the state, but then the family decides what for them at what particular point would be uh, how they would deal with their children. So that's what I always taught. That's what I told people. You you do what mm-hmm. you think you should do. We will do what we think we should do. But that was if
2: it had not been that, it would have been something else. Because when, I mean, one person in particular kept on till he thought he had a case and then Went to Presbytery to have Randall removed from the ministry. Oh wow!
0: It got that far. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: That, in fact, was the second time. <laughs> the other time was because he didn't believe in the second coming. Uh, you, that, you best
1: explain <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, back he, in uh, <laughs> when we were in Little Rock, and when I went there to that church, the folks were actually—I had no idea when I went. It was early in my ministry. They were an AOP church, but most of them had been brought up with uh, dispensationalism. Very dispensational. And, uh, and they thought, they believed in the rapture and all of the things that dispensationalists right. believe in. And when they discovered that I did not believe that, then they thought, they lie. in fact, I had one of my elders say, well, when you came here, you told us you believed in the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to explain to I do believe that Christ is coming again, but went, not, not in the, the, way. Not the way that you believe it's going to take that place. That went to a Presbytery so that, trial. Well, that and Did some really? other things because of the whole dispensationalist uh, <laughs> issue. Like, Thankfully, in both cases, the Presbytery said to the folks, you're the ones that have the problem, not... Not wow, remember. that's a, that's a, that's yeah, a good so, presbytery that can yeah. that. so that. was that was an interesting. But out but of Meanwhile,
2: that, the family's living with this tension.
1: Right. So, right,
0: right. You know, uh, right.
1: Wondering if you're going to have a job. Wondering. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: like, how so, can that be?
1: Right. And hopefully this will be helpful to some of the people that might listen to this who might have had some of the same difficulties that I had. I... Uh, my family history, I have a family history of depression, mm-hmm. and uh, had a father who committed suicide, a sister who mm-hmm. committed suicide, and uh, and there was a certain amount of spiritual pride when I began to deal with some of this depression because of what was going on, and physically I had gotten very uh, worn out, and uh, Diane and our doctor was were trying to get me to go and get something done about it. And I just believed that it was a spiritual failure. Mm, And mm. uh, I could pray my way through it and uh, not get any help from anybody else. Mm. And the fact that I wasn't getting better was something wrong with me uh, from a spiritual perspective. And so all that was working till I got to that state where Mm. I was just, uh, I couldn't function anymore because of depression. And uh, so finally, Diane and others uh, convinced me that that I should get some help. Good. And,
2: yeah, and I will say that one of the reasons that we were there that long is how the church supported Randall mm-hmm. in that crisis. I was going to ask how they oh.
0: handled how they handled that. Oh, they were good,
2: gracious, good. and whatever Randall. Needed that's what they wanted to do, and they didn't even.
0: But that's real testimony to you all, too, and the ministry that you had done with and for them that they would be that gracious oh. to you. I mean, that's that's a real.
2: I mean, they never even said, When are you going to come back no. and start preaching? Right, it was right. when Randall felt like you know he wanted to go ahead and, and be in the pulpit again, but they were so supportive. I mean, we never had any pressure from them that, well, I guess this is up and you're not gonna be back. It was, you know, just very, very dear, Mm -hmm. and...
1: The session was so supportive. Uh, Small church, you know, you're always having uh, problems with a budget meeting it, so, but Mm -hmm. the the time I was out, they were paying uh, ministers to come in fill the pulpit taking care of all that uh, and as as diane was saying whatever the needs were they were they the session was saying seeing that was taken care of and the, and the people in the congregation were; mm. those that were there were, were very, very supportive. So, And
0: I mean, do you think that was part of the healing process too? Because you, I mean, you know, going into that, were well, one of the triggers of the depression was this really harsh right situation. But now you've got the church just surrounding you and that community of people.
1: Very much so. Mm. Very wow. much so. And uh, and also, it was it for me in a personal way. I look back and think about how I had looked at people with that same problem with depression or some other situation like that and been prideful about, well, if they would just pray enough or if they would depend on the Lord enough, uh, they wouldn't be having this problem or they could get through it. I I thought about how I had dealt or not dealt with my sister when she was suffering that depression and I just, the Lord really humbled me. Oh, wow. in, in that situation and really taught me uh, how weak we are in a lot of ways and how weak I had been in really being compassionate and concerned yeah. uh, for people in that situation. Also opened up after it was through after think by Lord's grace and, and the help that I got working through that situation um, that uh, I could then look at other people and, in fact, have have had the opportunity to sit Many down times. and say, I've been there. Right. I right. know where you're coming from right. and help them uh, receive the help that they need and talk through them with some of the situation mm-hmm. where I would never have been equipped to do that if I had not gone through that same situation. Right. So, again, seeing and believing as we do that god is at work in all things to to work out good for his people and Mm. in my own life of being strengthened and also being helped to to strengthen other people in that situation so wonderful looking back i wouldn't want to go through it again but looking back i see so many blessings that the lord uh, gave me, gave. I even gave our family in working through some of those things. Wow. So it I mean. was, it was a hard time, but it was, again, something that the Lord really used right. in our lives.
0: Right. Do you think that um, you know? Speaking of, you know, trying to pray your way out of it, it's as much of an act of faith to say, okay, I need to take. Medication or I need to go to the doctor or I need to I mean isn't that as much of an act of faith Maybe even more so than saying I can pray this, you know pray through the sorrow.
2: <laughs> yeah, that you can
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think so And uh, You know looking back on it realizing that uh, those that were trying to get me to receive that help uh, were recognizing the problem in a way that I wasn't recognizing and realizing that I didn't have the strength to to get through this just on my own, yeah. and uh, so that was a real a real blessing. I was sharing this with uh, our men's group in a in a retreat a few months ago. I can remember times that I would be so it was like being down in a dark pit, and the only thing that I I could, uh, Diane said, didn't you tell them that I was there for you? And I did. She <laughs> yeah. was there for me. But in, a, in, in, a, in another way that I would just think, I know that I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. I know that Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. I know that he called me to be his. And I, I'm just holding on to him. And somebody had said, did you, did you think about, because of the history of my family, did you think about committing suicide? And I never thought about it in the sense of doing it. Mm-hmm. I thought about that that had happened in my family, right. but it was mm-hmm. never something where I thought this is, I'm going to end this, but mm-hmm. because I, I believe that the Lord was, was with me mm-hmm. and, that, and that, that Jesus loved me and that mm-hmm. uh, that he was going to. Be with me, whatever. Well, isn't it? I mean,
0: just going to those foundational, yeah, <laughs> pinnings of justification of what who you know who I am in that's Christ it. and what He has declared of me. Um, just the simple facts of those underpinnings are so crucial for continuing in ministry.
1: That that's it, and just yeah. uh, just seeing. knowing now or or when you're going through this situation I can look back and see a number of things but just realizing again that you know the Holy Spirit was really at work even in this in my life to Mm -hmm. to uh, and have you know men in the presbytery come and and visit with me and talk with me friends that that had heard I was in this situation just come to visit and just uh, sit down and and Wonderful. talk with me, and, listen. Uh, and, and you know, and listen to what I had to say. Mm. And so, just the Christian community, that. just being in a in a situation yeah. where mm. you're not on your own, you've got other people uh, who who come. And and one of the things, uh, and Diane has to tell me sometimes not to talk so much and listen to what other people <laughs> are saying. Uh, and one of the things was that just to uh, really, you know, listen to what others were were having to say about God's grace and about His being with me and being with the family, and just uh, having others who were part of uh, a Christian community—not just not just our church, right. but a right. greater Christian Christian community—have input at that time, and just to see the wonder of. Of, of the church being uh, local yeah, and yeah. bigger than that, too. Wow. That's, that's really encouraging.
2: I remember the elders, Every I think every one of them came to the house, and, and Randall, I remember you sitting there. You would just look down, you know, not even look up when he would be talking to you or just not saying anything at all and those men who a lot of them that was not that their gift to give counsel or to even you know be that bold to say anything but they just came and were present
0: wow it's and that real, being important yes yeah, yeah. somebody big, shows yeah. up and
2: yeah, yeah you open the door and there's that man right. coming to the house to check on Randall.
0: Wow, so how were you doing during this depression?
2: Well, I've been described as a strong woman, <laughs> which you know, is can have its negative connotations. I thought back about that, knowing that we were going to talk to you and really wanting to say, you know what i would say to be encouraging and i thought you know i never really thought that we weren't going to get through it Mm, yeah i remember the day that i was very very concerned that maybe randall would take his life and i called our uh, family doctor and i said you know i we just have to do something and at that point That's when he said, well, I have not done anything more right now because I knew Randall wouldn't be responsive. And so it was like when I told him, it was he would call and make this appointment for Randall. And, you know, Randall was willing to, you really were just sort of so non-functioning at that point. Mm -hmm. But I kept on working. Mm -hmm. I... Came home that day at my break in the morning, and because we were only a mile, I was on my school was only a mile away, and I don't think I ever missed it a day of teaching. But I, I think the big thing is that I just felt like, you know, the Lord's going to get us through this, right, right. Some way there is. I believed he would be healed.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. You know, there's no reason why this mentally, you know, you you can't pray for healing just like you think you do for your bad back or whatever. And I just, I always would think about, I know I still do today, that nothing separates you from the love of God. You know, whatever we're in, the Lord loves us, and He's faithful. And you know, I I just I know I was able to keep that positive sense, even though I was very afraid. Right. right. You know, you you're you would have like waves of fear sometimes, like, huh, you know, I don't know, can I do this? And the, but then, you know, just having that uh, trust that. You know we're not alone. Right. It may appear that way. Right. Now, but God's at work.
0: You and my wife Holly are really a lot of life.
2: <laughs> Really, is she good like oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. She has been such a uh, just a rock, and uh, yeah, very very positive. And yeah. when I've been down, she's right there helping push through with the positive. And she won't. And I can see that she goes I in waves. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. She goes was... in waves too. But uh, yeah.
2: yeah. And you know somewhat. I think about that as when you are trying to sort of lift up another Christian, maybe not your family member, it's sort of like this is what you need to cling to too.
1: Right.
0: Like you're not
2: allowed to give up on this hope.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know? Uh, And I would share this too. I've, I've thought about it too. There was never any, even when I was... As I said earlier, just thinking about believing in Jesus, I always, I, I never was at a place where I didn't think, well, the Lord hadn't called me to to be a minister, to mm. be a pastor. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is, uh, I know that that's His calling, and I'm praying that He will get me through this, and I will continue to be able to mm. to minister to His people. Uh, and I've thought about the need for. Uh, young men uh, especially being called into the ministry to to have a real as much as they can and I think about it when you're younger mm. uh, an assurance that this is the Lord's calling this is not yeah. something I've just decided on my own I'm going to do but this is I just can't do anything else at this point this is what the Lord has for me right. and that's what he wants me to do and so that that never Never left me. Mm-hmm. That this is what the Lord yeah. really had for us to do, whatever was going to come after that situation. I, I, I don't want to make it all about just you know, this one incident, but it was sure. something well, that I was can... so, so uh, important in the sense of, of seeing so many things about, uh, as we said, community, about the love in the church, mm-hmm. about how we had grown into over those years into. Really, people who cared for one another and all those things working together. I'm, I'm in the Lord's timing. Maybe if it had been earlier, I would have been uh, uh, not had that uh, support system. I should say. Yeah, how far along into the thirty-four that years was, were you? What was about twenty years? Twenty.
2: Now probably twenty five years. Oh, you mean yeah, that we've been there? Yeah, yeah, we've we'd been, been there, there. about. T- uh, well, probably about fifteen. About fifteen so years 15, after, yeah. Yeah, five, after yeah, about that, we had been through, there. Yeah. And, uh, another thing about my role is that Randall and I never really had. Any idea, any thought that we wouldn't be together? Mm-hmm. You know, this is not divorce. Is not a word that ever even enters our <laughs> thinking. It's right, like right. you know, this is what our life is, and this is what we're sharing together, and we are in there for the long haul. And I want also wanted to add, you know, when I say I had strength i know that was from the lord Mm -hmm. that's the holy Mm -hmm. spirit that is not you know you don't muster that but then i also realize how you know the lord gave me a a ability to be able to persevere too Mm -hmm. just in my personality like i am not going to I'm not gonna quit.
0: And 34 <laughs> years in one place and 40 <laughs> years of marriage. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, think I think that's <laughs> it proving itself out pretty and, well. And
1: so. you know, one of the things as I think about it too, I think the value of, of having, as you say, the simple things that were what I was clinging to, uh, but underlying that was not just the simple things, but was a depth even yeah. by that point of, of study, in seminary of going through those other situations of having had some of those problems that weren't that that uh, major, but it still were rough situations mm-hmm. and, and growing in uh, understanding the scripture of seeing who God was, of seeing more of his greatness. We had uh, one, of, one of the people, in fact, uh, that was at Fort Rucker, a family who were worshiping here now at Florence, uh, who said, uh, who said what they remember about being there in my preaching was what it came down to so often that was God was sovereign and that he's in charge of all things and uh, he is at work in your life uh, because you're his people and, and he is gonna work things out. Well, I didn't know that that over the things that I would preached while they were there was what would come into their mind, but I suppose that was what was being conveyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, I, I remember asking about, what, why are you a Presbyterian? And I was, I, I was people would ask me that sometimes. Uh, is it predestination, is it an election? I would say, no. Uh, I've come to understand that, that that all falls under the category of God is God, he's sovereign, He's in control of all things. Those other things are uh, because of who he is. Right. He's a God who loves sovereignly. He's a God who works sovereignly. Uh, and that's what we depend on. That God is God, we aren't, and he's in control of all things. And I think, again, that not necessarily, it wasn't what I was thinking about sometimes, but I can see that I that was that having right, right. been built up in the faith and understanding uh, these foundational truths, was, mm-hmm. what was upholding uh, both of us mm-hmm. when when we're going through the good times, that that was God's blessing, the bad times, God's got some purpose in this, Right. Uh, right. that both of those things were taking place.
0: Well, that is interesting, because, you know, you, yeah, yeah I mean, you, we, we talked about simple things, but that those simple things um, grow... Uh, deeper with the more we know about God's sovereignty and his character and it just solidifies the simple message because in the beginning the simple message can be pretty uh, brutal you know when we're young Christians but the more we experience God's grace it solidifies that and and so when everything wheels fall off there's more to those simple things than just Jesus died for my sins
1: and, you know, early on when, uh, when I was first having some of the difficulties, Diane's father being a pastor, uh, I talked with him about some of these things. And one of the things he told me, I remember him telling me about some of the situations I was facing. Uh, and of course, when, when I say that I was facing, the family was going through these through the situations, Diane at first, and then as we had children. Uh, and he said, Randall, you've got to, and he was a great pastor and a great uh, preacher, uh, just really loved the Lord, uh, knew, knew, knew the word, was really committed uh, to biblical theology. Uh, I don't want to say, you know, being, but, but what I believe, uh, I know that we're not right necessarily on everything, but I think we're grounded in the scriptures as right. God's infallible word. And he said, you know, when you face some of these problems, you've just got to decide uh, is this a major issue? Is this uh, a sort of cliche? is this a hill you want to die on or is it or can you uh, right is it not essential to, to, to what you're doing as a minister? And so that was some of the situations that we faced It was just places where we said this is what this is what we believe God's word teaches. This is where we've got to, to be, mm-hmm. uh, and then we just go from there. Whatever oh, yeah. happens, like being taken to Presbyterian, <laughs> yeah. well, it's just. Uh, uh, and maybe we're not right, but we believe we are. and That's all we can go on is what we believe that this is what God has taught us in His Word. And and we're not gonna. We try to be loving and and kind to people, but but we're not gonna say we don't believe these things right, just because right. you're upset because. this is what's being said Mm -hmm. but
2: also that through our our lifetime of relating to friends we have the camp that thinks that we're just really liberal (laughs) because of you know how we've chosen to try to function Mm. in the non-believing word world Mm. and then our uh more liberal friends who think that, you know, you're just too reformed,
1: so. Uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting we situation. We we don't fall in any category and.
2: <laughs>
1: and we're talking about, as you know, liberal or, or conservative in the piece maybe sort of yeah. in the PCA right, concept right, and right. evangelical concept. but yeah. But, so, yeah, uh, but even, thing. yeah, some of the other decisions, it was real they funny. That probably means you're in the right place. Oh, uh, maybe so, so, I hope it does. I, a friend of mine said he had a friend uh, I, well, when we came here, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Scott said uh, he was good friends with this guy, and, and he he said they were just talking one day, and he said uh, he said you know the Yelbertons are in our church, and this this young man who who had been in our presbytery, and I was on the examination committee, and he said, oh, Randall Yelberton, he said, yeah. He said, "Boy, he he's a, he's really hard, isn't he? He's really, really down on this reform stuff. Is he giving you any problems?" <laughs> and Scott said, "No, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen that. Yeah. And I I suppose Trou- I told troublemaker. I, said, I suppose some of it's a function of age too. You know, i I've, I've told I've told uh, Scott, and we've talked about this and others." I'm I'm more committed to some things than I ever was. As right. as over the years I've I've been in these situations and mm-hmm. and studied and I believe grown in understanding what the Scripture teaches. And some things uh, that I would say, uh, as far as ref- being reformed, I, I like to think of it as really being biblical. Uh, I've probably gotten stronger. Those are again issues that I think we can't we can't let those things. Be right, done right. away with or even start to slide on it. There are other issues that at an earlier time I might have been more hard nosed about right. that now I say these people are young or maybe their understanding isn't what I would like it to be and so I'm not quite as, <laughs> as harsh, as harsh yeah. maybe, or hard Dogmatic about things. And, as, right. So, that age hopefully right. gives you some wisdom about how you minister to people, realizing everybody's not at the same place, That's and right. people are coming from different backgrounds, and what uh, there's some room for, uh, on some issues, right. for you to not be so, uh, mm. hold those so tightly that you can't have fellowship and get along with folks, mm. even good. though they might disagree with you right. uh, on, on some of these things. So. Right. Hopefully that's what's taken
0: place. That's right, that's right, that's right. Well, thank you all. I appreciate the, the, the time and the honesty and candor. It's a, a wonderful and the, the truth that has been said and the graciousness of um, which it's been said. So thank you all. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fish Food. Two things to remember if you like what you hear, please share this with your friends. Also, consider supporting Fish Food so that we can continue providing consistent content. Simply go to www.fishfood.me or me and click support. That will take you to a link so that you can become a patron. And again, thank you for the support.